Hello and welcome to Never Seen It, a podcast about movies we haven't seen yet. My name is Trent. I'm here with my wife, Betsy. I'm Betsy. Today, we are going to watch the movie that seemingly everybody has seen so far this year, except the, for us. The summer blockbuster of 2022. The blockbuster of blockbusters, because nothing has come anywhere near this movie. Almost nearly nearing the number one movie of all time. That's insane. That is absolutely insane. In three months. And it's not even like it's elevated because, oh, it's a 3D thing, so you nope. gotta pay an extra th three bucks or whatever. I think people are just real hungry after a few years of isolation. Uh -huh. So if it wasn't obvious, we're going to actually go to the theater and watch Top Gun Maverick. A sequel! <laughs> a sequel, yeah. So we actually covered the first Top Gun because at the time, I had not even seen the first Top Gun. Yeah, that was earlier this spring before yeah. this movie officially came out. Yeah, and I very much enjoyed it. You had seen it plenty of times before. I had seen it all the way through a handful of times, but yeah. I've seen bits and pieces of it many, many times in sure. my life. So you're very much familiar with it. I'm familiar. I was familiar with the the music from it, the cultural the, yeah. moments that people talk about. Yeah. So this has been around since the '80s. It's everybody's dad's favorite movie. Like that whole. <laughs> shtick but for maverick this is like universally acclaimed which like, is so weird i was surprised that it was so beloved by everybody and i just don't know why and it's maybe like i said the delay like this was supposed to come out yeah. two years ago right and it's just been pushed and pushed and pushed because tom cruise wants his cut <laughs> well it's probably because they knew they had a gem on their hands i guess and they did not want to just throw it out they there wanted during a as pandemic. many people as possible to go and see this movie yeah. and the patience paid off because like we said this is closing in on the highest grossing movie of all time in yeah. a few months. The global gross is in the billions of dollars. Yeah, and I don't like talking about box office numbers or shit like that, but just the the sheer phenomenon that this movie has it's become. It's hard to ignore. Yeah. The last few months, everybody's talked about this movie. Almost everybody I know who never goes to movies has right. gone to this movie. Now, Betsy, you have a story to tell. I do. <laughs> so, in that same vein. So I think we may have said this when we did the Top Gun episode at the end my dad went to this movie Top Gun Maverick opening weekend and he loved it and my dad is one of those people that doesn't go to a lot of movies right. at all and it was actually your mom's suggestion saying, oh yeah saying hey let's go to this movie said, this is a special occasion you need to take dad to this movie yeah. he's gonna love it it's getting good reviews Take dad to the movie. And they went, and my dad has not stopped talking about this. <laughs> he basically said that might be the best movie he's ever seen. Like, full stop. This yeah. is like high praise from my father. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I found out a few weeks later that my mom was out of town. And what did my dad do? <laughs> this, again, prefacing this, my dad doesn't go to movies much at all. Yeah, in he's the a theater. farmer. He's got shit to do. He's got shit to do. Especially in the summer. Yeah. He's a very busy man, 12 hours a day. Mm -hmm. My dad went to this movie a second time by himself. I don't know that that man has ever seen a movie twice in the theater. <laughs> Let alone by himself. <laughs> Let alone by himself. And this just blew my little mind. And it has just been tickling me all summer. The fact that my dad has seen this twice and I haven't seen this at all. So yeah, high praise from from this man. So, I mean, as a, as a movie itself, I don't really know much about it other than the premise. It is Tom Cruise reprising his role as Maverick. I can't remember the actual name that he has. John or something. It's, it was something really I basic. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> but he comes back, I think, as an instructor. Well, he at the end of the first movie, yeah, he's he became given, an instructor. Yeah, he's he's uh, he's given a choice. He can either you know graduate and do all these other things, or he can come back as an instructor, and that's what he chooses. I think. Right, and we are led to believe in this movie that maybe he did that for a while and then he stopped and now he's back. That makes sense. Because that's what I kind of gleaned from the trailer. Mm -hmm. And so it's present day. It is 
a new class of young right. hotshot pilots. It's Top Gun, the new class. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Amongst them, there's one actor whose face I know, but I have no idea what his name is. And then the only other one I know is Miles Teller. Yeah, that's the only one I know. And Miles Teller is playing Goose's son. Oh. So I don't know if you caught that from the trailer. No, but I did the not. Anthony Edwards character who dies in the first one. Yeah. They have a little Spoilers. boy. <laughs> they have a little boy in that movie. Yeah. And this is his son all grown up. So timing wise, if he was born, if that kid was however old he was back in the 80s when this movie came out, it wouldn't mean that he's in his 30s, at least in his 30s. Right, and I so think mathematically this, it basically works out. I, I'm just curious. You can, you can is, let is go this movie of a few set, years. Is this movie set in like 2020s, or is it like, eh, just kind of turn back the clock about 10 years? I mean, the kid was only like two or three. Still. And it was, what, 1987? Is that what we established that movie came out? I don't know. Anyway, if you do the math, he'd be about our age, would a be little our age. younger. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think you would be going to Top Gun school if you're that age. Trent, it's not like a soap opera <laughs> I'm where not trying to a, kid, a kid is three at the beginning of the summer <laughs> and a teenager at the end of the summer. Are you it's equating, not quite, are you equating it's not quite a soap opera <laughs> to Top Gun, Betsy? <laughs> what I'm saying is you can let go of a few years discrepancy. I'm not it's trying not to... <laughs> that kind of movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not trying to nitpick. I'm just this is how my mind works. You're you're not wrong though. He's he's supposedly going to be in his mid to late twenties. We sure. can assume that. Fine, and that's and that's okay based on you know the the timeline that we're talking about here. When Tom Cruise's character was in Top Gun, we don't even know how old he is there. We don't know how old he is here. It doesn't matter. He's Tom Cruise age. He is ageless. Let's move on. (laughs) But uh, from what I understand, there's no other returning characters. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer. Val Kilmer has a part in this somehow. He has a very minor role because obviously Val Kilmer has been going through cancer treatment. He's got some health issues for sure. Yes. And I don't know exactly what those are. It's it's kind of public. There was a documentary about him uh, very recently. Yeah, I don't yeah. I don't know his exact involvement, but I do know he was involved. So he yeah. might I know he shows up at least in a picture, whether or not he's actually on screen right. in the flesh, I have no idea. But yeah. Iceman will make at an appearance. At the very least, there's going to be a tribute to Val Kilmer and yeah. his character in this movie. Yep. And then we get a new character. Jennifer Connolly is gonna be in this. And she hasn't really been doing much. She really hasn't. She's kind of been chilling at home with the kids. She kind of won her Oscar back in the yeah. early 2000s and she kind of went away. And that's okay. She doesn't okay. need to. No. Like, she's made her money. She's got her Oscar. <laughs> right. Her husband keeps on playing priests and everything. So. <laughs> this is not this is not an unfair statement. Um, he hasn't in a while though. We might have to look into that. He also really hasn't been doing much of anything except for playing Jarvis in the, in the, the Marvel movies. I think same thing. They've made their money. They don't have to work if they don't want to. But she is involved in this movie in some capacity. Yes. And if you don't know who we're talking about, Jennifer Connelly is married to Paul Bettany, yes. who, who plays Jarvis in the Marvel movies. If you did not know that, they've been married since... Forever. Uh, well, <laughs> they've been married they, like 15 years. Did, did they meet while they were filming Beautiful Mind or were they a no thing idea. before that? I don't honestly know. I know they made sense. a movie where he played Darwin and they were a married couple in that. And I oh. I think it might have been that movie where they kind of got together. It was around that time. But they've been together for like 20 years. Plus. Like a long time. <laughs> yes. Anyway, that's a separate thing. Anyway, so, I mean, other than like the bombast and like how it's shot... Everybody who has told us about this movie has told us, oh my God, you need to go and see it in the theater. On the biggest, because we have you turned into a guy these, from Boston. Oh, we have all Bostonite friends. <laughs> no, they, they all tell us you have to see it in, in a theater. Don't, like, we have a nice setup here, but it's nowhere near what it would be in a theater. Watch it with the biggest sound system and the yeah. biggest screen you can, because yeah. they do real stunts. Yeah. Like, Tom Cruise is a stickler, if for nothing else, than making it realistic. Yeah. And that dude has been up in those planes, and these guys, all these kids get up yep. there. I love that I'm calling them kids. They're like almost our age. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're, they're up there and what are they? Puking their guts puking out. Puking their guts out. Yeah. <laughs> I am not interested in that activity myself. No. But good on them for actually doing it for the sake of the movie. 
And just to pull back the curtain, we're actually going to see this movie on National Cinema Day. So just to put this in time, uh, we're seeing this on Saturday, September 3rd. And this episode is going to come out on Wednesday. So it's a little bit too late, but hopefully everybody who is listening to this is participating in this event. Go support your local cinemas, whether they're owned by big conglomerates. Who cares? The people who work there will love you for it. But yes, let's go and watch Top Gun Maverick in the theater. We will be right back. back that was top gun maverick betsy what'd you think of that one okay i get it yeah (laughs) i get it i was finding myself like on the edge of my seat during the fight sequences like anytime there was action on the screen it was like exhilarating so i understand the desire or the need to see this on the biggest screen possible yes they were playing up the nostalgia hard like in a lot of ways this movie is like a shot for not a shot for shot but beat by beat for certain portions of the movie a remake of the original like there's a lot Uh of correlation a lot of things looking familiar but i also found myself just grinning like i was just having a really good time like this is an absolute popcorn movie this is a summer movie i get it I agree with you in every single thing that you just said. I believe when people told me, okay, yeah, you really need to see it in a theater. It's the feelings that you're getting while they're in the planes, while they're up there, while they're dogfighting, while there's actual danger happening on screen. When they're in the danger zone. (laughs) (laughs) They had to have Kenny Loggins in there. Of course they had Kenny Loggins in there. (laughs) At the appropriate spot, too, as at the beginning where it was in the first one. Yes. Now, Betsy, there's one thought I've had the entire way through. Maybe not the entire way through, but it goes along with what you just said about it being Kind of a a remake of the first one. Yes. This whole movie, I was thinking of The Force Awakens. Okay. Because, number one, there's a goddamn Death Star trench run. There is. There is. And The Force Awakens is basically a remake of the first Star Wars. Kind of. For it a younger is. generation. It is. It's for a younger generation. With, here's you got new these characters. Old, you got these old fucks still on screen. You've got... The aging and uh, I guess you could say sick uh, older person the on infirm. screen. <laughs> oh no! Don't be mean. <laughs> but yes, Val Kilmer is the stand-in for Princess Leia in this case. Okay, I getcha. Yeah, where they're they're. I'm not talking they're... about Harrison Ford. I, th- I thought you were just <laughs> trying to find a way to call Tom Cruise old. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's the Luke Skywalker here. Okay. So just think about that. No, I get it. It's it's introducing Top Gun to a new generation. Yeah. But you also are bringing in all of the old people like us and like your dad <laughs> to bring dad. <laughs> in to bring in all of these people who love this one movie. Now, Star Wars was a giant, giant thing. They made six movies of in the Star Wars universe. There was one Top Gun, so yeah. you didn't They're have <laughs> you didn't have that much to work on, but they nailed it. But I also don't know that they ever expected to make a sequel to this movie. Of course not. I don't think that was on anybody's minds until Tom Cruise had a lot of time to sit and think about it. And he got to the point in his career where he's like, I could do literally anything I want. And this is what I want to do. Think about what I just said. The Force Awakens is pretty much, it is a new start to a trilogy where they essentially just recreated the first movie to introduce it to a new generation. To hand it off, as Exactly, it were. exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what this is. This one is more a story about him. So he is yes. the main character. Yeah. However, they were definitely setting up the ducks where I was like, oh my God, is he going to die? <laughs> 
right. I fully expected him to die in this movie. So when, you know, his spoiler alert, guys, if you're still listening, go away if you haven't watched this. <laughs> his plane goes down. Yeah. And you don't see him die. And by the rules of cinema, cinema, if you don't see them die on screen, they're not necessarily dead. Yep. So there was a part of you that's like, well, the plane went down. It doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily mean he's didn't dead. Didn't see a shoe. Didn't mean there wasn't one. But at the same time, I was fully prepared for him to die in this movie. Yes. Like, he is an older and a wiser and a much more, like, learned, experienced right. maverick. And he <laughs> would have gone out saving the life of Goose's son. Yes. A person that he wasn't able to save before in right. a much less dramatic fashion. You of know, course. it's full circle sort of thing. Like he yes. wants to make amends for the things he's done in his life or that he feels responsible for. Uh-huh. And it's it's in the tone leading up to this yeah. where he is just like this is who I am, this is all I am and I, I don't know anything else. Like, they talk about yeah. how he's still a captain. He never gets promoted. Yeah. He refuses to retire. And by all accounts, he also will not die. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, why is he still here? Like, the movie just plain calls it out. Like, why do we need Maverick? He is a dinosaur in this world, basically. Right. You are the most decorated captain of any airman ever in the Navy. Mm-hmm. So what are you still doing here? He, I fully believe that hangar that we see him in at the very beginning, I fully believe he lives there. That was how I thought of it. Yeah, because I feel like, like it looks there like is, an abandoned base. Yeah. Because like the signs all busted up. Well, that's that's their their testing base, I guess. Maybe. When when we first meet Maverick, he's a test pilot for a bunch of their their newfangled uh airplanes. Yeah. But yeah, all that being said. He is like having a lot of moments of just kind of looking off into the distance and thinking about things. And yeah. he's much older and wiser now. And what more do I have to give the world kind of a thing? Right. He also still wants to keep on proving himself. Yeah. And as a man of his age, and we don't really get An into... An undefined age. We don't get into how old he actually is. He just keeps on being referred to as a fossil. Yes. <laughs> uh, because he is. The old man. Yeah. It's a strange thing for him to keep on wanting to prove himself, but it's addressed in the movie that he still hasn't forgiven himself and let go of Goose. Yeah, he hasn't let go of the past. And there's yeah. a lot of moments where he's in his plane and he's looking off into the sunrise yeah. saying, talk to me, Goose. Talk to me, Goose. Talk to me. Like he has never let it go for however long has passed. Yeah. Which, and, and we never even I, get well, into I that. Well, I think he does say something about 30 years ago in the movie. Like he kind of, it's a sort of throwaway line. I guess. So probably not quite the same Real time, but yeah. close to it's it. It's very vague. It's very vague. <laughs> but I thought that the introduction of the new characters, you know, you've got Miles Teller. I thought he was great as an Anthony Edwards Oh, son. Jesus Christ. As soon as he walked in with the fucking <laughs> Hawaiian shirt and the, 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 the white tank top yep. and the sunglasses the and the mustache. <laughs> Oh my god. Like maybe it's like too on the nose, but I don't care. I don't care. It worked for it me. It was perfect. Yeah, and they they have many moments of that where it's like beating you over the head where yeah. it's like we're going to play shirtless football in the sunset on the beach. Right. And and he's singing the great balls of fire thing. Yeah. He's having flashbacks outside and yeah, it's at the same bar and yeah, again, this is Oh, <laughs> at a certain point in the movie, I knew what was going to happen. Right. It is not a hard thing to figure out that, yes, he is the man for the job. Not necessarily because the other ones can't do it. But they don't believe they can do it. But they it. don't believe they can do it. Because it is a very hard thing to yeah, do. They And, of course, this is the sort of movie where they're like, we're going to give you an impossible mission. Not that movie franchise, guys. Different movie. Right. This is not Mission Impossible. <laughs> though we did see a trailer for the new one before this movie. Oh, God, Betsy, we are so far behind in Mission Impossible movies. <laughs> we're only, like, six. It's fine. <laughs> Seven. We've all done, of them. We've done longer series on this show. We'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> but th- 
they're talking about how there's, what was the country? I don't even remember what country they said it was. They didn't say. It was another undefined country. Undefined country where they're putting in a uranium processing plant in a valley that you have to fly under the radar and in a limited amount of time through Through the the trench. Through the trench so that the the turbo lasers don't get to you. And I hadn't thought about that. They have to hit something tiny. No bigger than a womp rat. (laughs) No. I hadn't. God. Damn it! I hadn't considered that. And then, of course, there's going to be missiles the second you get out of this. Right. But first, you got to go really, really fast until your brain is about to explode and you're <laughs> right. about to pass out. <laughs> right. Yeah, and they explain this impossible mission. He proves to them that they, that it can be done. Yeah. And then he is made and done the faster. Team. Yeah, he sets the clock thirty seconds faster than fifteen. Well, the first time he said 2.30, when he did it in the training simulator. Right, but then he did it in 2.15. In real time, yes, but to get them to believe it, he said 2.30, which they had been training on three. Sure. So that's all I'm saying. But (laughs) he does it, and he's reckless and crazy, and I damn you, Pete Mitchell, you've put me in a position. I have to make you the team leader. It's like, well, of course he's going to be the team leader. I'm either going to wash you out and ground you forever, or... I just have to give you this mission. And then did you see that he's like a little puppy dog? Oh, 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 I can go. I can go. I can go. I don't know if that was the reaction or if it was more of a, oh, please don't ask me. I couldn't really read that response. Oh, no. He was absolutely game to do it because he knew he could do it and do it well. Yeah. And he was going to choose the other three to be in the plane with him and in the other two planes. And I guess at that point... He doesn't have to pick one of them to send on a suicide mission. Exactly. It's one fewer person that has to risk their life. Fair. And in him sending them there. Fair. Why didn't he have a wingman? Like, in in the pit with him, his eyes. Why didn't he have someone in the plane with him? And neither did Rooster. Why does everybody else have a second person? Why is it a, a single thing? Yeah. I don't know. I was just trying to figure that out. Why is he leading the mission and he has no one else in the plane with him? I don't know. And Rooster's the same, but the other ones have two people. I don't know. I was just just curious. I didn't understand the logistics. They didn't really talk too much about that. But yeah, the the mission calls for four planes to go in, uh, climb this mountain, or go through the trench, climb this mountain, drop a bomb, drop another bomb, and then get the fuck out of there. And not be spotted. And but then. Well, they're going to be spotted no matter what. Oh, yeah, you're right. They know, like, one thing they didn't really talk about all that much until they were about to attack is that they were going to attack a neighboring airbase with a bunch of Tomahawk missiles from the aircraft carrier. And that right there is the trigger for the enemy, whoever they happen to be, to know that, hey, guess what, guys? You guys are getting attacked. So, and they do that so that they can't scramble all their planes and go after the, the attacking planes yeah the only people who could possibly retaliate are the ones already in the air exactly and there's they're probably combing combing the skies here uh prior to that but they miss two of them because of course they do well and then there's actually three of them like one comes out of nowhere for plot reasons right (laughs) man so speaking of plot this screenplay i recognize the name in the credits and i always have to recheck this yeah, we, was, and we've talked about this. Yes, yeah, so one of the writers of this movie is Christopher McQuarrie, and that is the same guy who wrote The Usual Suspects, and we talked about it when we watched The Edge of Tomorrow. He yeah. has kind of become Tom Cruise's go-to writer because yeah. he's written, like, half of the most recent Mission Impossible movies. He wrote The Mummy. He wrote this movie. He's just kind of his go-to guy. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, that's why I know his name. And... The story overall, like I touched on, it's a way to get enough of your nostalgia to flex that little muscle, but then it does veer a little bit. The formula, though, is the same. So he's, he's like at the school, like he's on a mission... And we find out that he was a teacher at Top Gun for two months before they fired him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> because he is not a teacher. And so that's like all you get. That's what he's been doing. He went and he became a test pilot. And that's what he's been doing. He flies this mission. Yeah, he and gets he's, in been trouble. Doing other, he's been doing other things. Because they always, talk about what he's done. It's always the same where he's too much of a hothead. He pisses off an admiral. 
Ice bails him out. Right. He gets reassigned. Yeah, and he pisses off an admiral. Right. And this cycle keeps continuing, which is why he's the highest decorated captain right. in naval history. And Ice is a commander. So he outranks everybody. Yeah. In, the, in pretty much the entire unit. He made unit. it to the tip top. <laughs> right. So whatever he says is going to go. And of course, even the John Hamm character, I never got his name. Um, Cyclone. Cyclone. Right. <laughs> uh, even he looks up to Iceman. Yep. Yeah. And so he's been moved around and moved around and moved around and pissing people off and never mm-hmm. advancing. And this is just all he does. But they decide that they need him specifically. Well, Iceman says they okay. need him. Iceman says they need him specifically for yeah. this mission to train these pilots. And these are all kids who have graduated from the Top Gun program. They're bringing them all back. He's going to train them and then pick the teams. And then the person who gives them the news is Ed Harris, who's who is in, another like, admiral, who, yep. who is another admiral, who <laughs> the the beginning scene of them doing the test pilot stuff was really good. That was cool. Yeah, him in the, I don't even know what you call that kind of a plane. It's just a supersonic jet. Like ultrasonic. Like a brand new test plane. Yeah, and the idea here, just to kind of get it into the 21st century, is they have this test program that... Maverick has basically been the pilot for all of their their testing. But there's this looming thing hanging over them. The Admiral, played by Ed Harris, wants to shut this program down and redirect all their funds over to their new drone program. Budgets! We don't need you dinosaurs anymore. (laughs) These are going to be unmanned planes. Mm -hmm. We don't need any soldiers out there disobeying orders, Maverick. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) That whole thing. So... You know, that's kind of a cliche, but how they handle it is actually pretty cool. Right. And he ends up there, and you get the scene in the bar where he's sort of making an ass of himself with, like, the youngsters. (laughs) Right. They all come in, and nobody knows who he is, because why would they? No, they have no idea. And they all come from different places, too. Yes. Like, they all kind of knew each other from the Top Gun program, because these are all graduates of the Top Gun program. They're bringing them back for this mission. Specifically for this. Yes. And there's like 12 of them or something. Yeah. And yeah, this is again like a familiar scene. There's the scene in the bar. It's the same bar. Yeah. And you've got uh, Rooster who is, you know, another bird. He's another bird. He's Goose's another bird. Son. <laughs> yep. And like he's there and he's dressed similar. And he's playing the piano and he's playing the same song. Yeah. And you've already had the sequence with you know, Maverick riding the motorcycle alongside uh-huh. the jets. Like, it's it's, it's the like, same hey, goddamn remember thing. Remember this movie? Remember? And then he makes an ass of himself in the bar because he knows the woman who owns it and yeah. he doesn't know the rules. And then he shows up the next day in class and they're like, oh, no, that guy's our teacher. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same scenes and the same concepts of everything. Absolutely. But it still works. It does. Despite all of that, it still works because they give it enough levity they do. to allow you to say, ah, look at that. It's the same thing. And it, they do do it a lot at the beginning and then they pull back a little more. Like yeah. I felt like they they kind of they pull you in and then once you're comfortable, they let you go on the ride. Yeah. So there's a lot at the beginning that's very similar. Like when they the first thing they learn is dog fighting. He sure. takes them out and there's this, you know, funny sequence where it's like, ah, come on, old man, whoever gets shot first, you know, right. loser does 200 pushups and he keeps winning because he is smarter and faster Yeah, because and they're, a bu- they're all a bunch of hot shots themselves, yep. including this new guy, Hangman. Hangman. Who is the stand-in for Iceman? Because Iceman was the hothead who thought he was just the shit, and <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't worry about his teammates. And by the end of the movie, he's all about the team. The, yes, it was very much the same. I would say that this guy was more of just being an asshole. Like he was, he was just more was. of an asshole. Like Iceman, he doesn't like Maverick because he's a he's just he's a rule breaker. 
Maverick's a rule breaker and he doesn't like that. And he's like, you're going to get somebody killed and I don't have any time or respect for you right. in that regard. Hangman's just a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and he's really good though. That's the problem. Yes. Is that he is very good and he knows it. Yes. And I like that they call out, uh, they, they haven't been able to figure out how to pull off this mission. Yeah. And John Hamm tells Maverick, well, all you've taught them so far is that it can't be done. Sure. And he's telling him, these people have been told they're the best their entire lives. Yeah. They need to be brought down a little bit. Yeah. And this is coming from Maverick, who 30 years ago was the hotshot. Right. So they've done some character development here. Like I mm -hmm. said, he's an older, a wiser. He's seen the world, and but, he's still not satisfied with it. Right. And, but, but by that time, he's seen what they can do and what they can't yes. do. He knows their limits. Yeah. Because that's what he was trying to find out is exactly. how far can I push you? And that's why you had the initial dogfighting scene at the beginning where Maverick is just hot dogging it and just doing things that they wouldn't expect a trainer, an instructor to do yeah. to them, you know? <laughs> so he's like, he's the, the Tom Skerritt character yep. in the, in the initial, in the, in the first movie. And like basically telling uh, and, and teaching them everything that you're doing wrong. Hey, you're dead. Hey, you're dead. Hey, you're dead. Right. Basically, you can read this book, but it doesn't matter because the yeah. other guy won't care. Yeah. The other guy already knows what your plane can do. What can you do with that plane? Yeah. That's you, the biggest thing. He's teaching them to react. Just yes. react. Don't think, Betsy. Don't think. The <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Don't think. <laughs> and honestly, that's a great motto for this. Like, just don't think. It's just, it's a it's fun, just fun. It's, it's just a popcorn fun. movie. Who cares? Who cares? It doesn't have to make sense. You don't have to think that hard about the fact that there's so much repeating everything. Yes. And you don't have, like, you have some stand-ins for other characters. Like, Kelly McGinnis isn't in here. They replace her with Jennifer Connelly. And she's another like aging actress who apparently they had a history together that we don't see on screen. They're like on again, off again. Sure. Fling kind it's, of thing. But it's the same kind of thing, except she wasn't his instructor. No. <laughs> no, no. She is somebody that he's had a relationship with, but yeah. he's too unstable in this relationship. He moves around a lot. Right. He's it not very sense. committed. It makes sense. It is. Yeah, it makes sense. We also have some like references and like stand-ins for other scenes in the first movie. Like there were problems with people passing out with uh, them trying to pull the G's to get out of the mountain. And one of the guys passes out and, and did you notice how Maverick got him to wake up again? Well, he targeted him. He targeted him so, so that his alarm go bells go off yeah. so that'll wake him up. And it's a good piece of writing to, be pl a plausible way for him to do that and him thinking on his feet. Yeah, because he's reacting when the rest of yes. them are all just kind of just yelling. Trying and to do and it yelling by the isn't book. doing anything. No. So, what else can you do? What else will make noise? Right. Yeah. And we touched a little bit on this in the intro where these guys were really up in those planes in. Right. Various capacities, not flying the plane, but they were going oh, for the ride. Yeah. And you can tell because when they're like, okay, and you're going to be going nine G's and your lungs are collapsing and sure. you're going to throw up and all that. You could see their faces. Yeah, just the pressure as, pushing yeah, back their faces. It's not as dramatic as what it would be in real life if they were really going that fast. They were they're going not, fast enough. They were not going that fast. No, but you could tell those people really got up in those planes for these sequences, for the action sequences. Yeah. Because, yes, their faces are all covered up. They've got a helmet. They've got yeah, a yeah. mask on. But what little you could see, like the bags under their eyes, <laughs> were getting so big. It's like, holy shit. Yeah. Yeah, you guys really did that. Yeah. And like right after that other sequence with the guy uh, with the dead stick just falling out of the air, Phoenix and uh, Bob. Bob. Yeah. They, um, they hit a bird. They hit a bird strike. And their engines were, like, going out. And this sequence right here was probably one of the more tense ones. Absolutely. Because she is, like, calling out what she's doing. She got to hit this button and, and, like, fire the engine here and extinguish it here. And left one's out, right one's out. They're both out. And, like, they're falling out of the sky again. But, like, some things are going, some things are not. Mm -hmm. It was really intense. And I think she 
pull it off probably the best out of everybody else here because she took command of what was what was happening. Yeah. So while we're talking about this, I have two points about this. So all first right. of all is the names. So we haven't talked about the, the call signs of some of these people. Okay. So <laughs> it's your typical run-of-the-mill things. You've got Yale and Omaha uh-huh. and Phoenix and Hangman. There was a guy called Payback or yeah. something. And most of these names that we just said are kind of generic. You could have had this in any era. Yeah. And then there's Bob. <laughs> and then there's Bob. There's also Fanboy. Fanboy fan is not boy. a thing that you can get in the 1980s. No. That, that's a, that's a, a recent term. And the better ones were like the throwaway ones that we didn't really get to talk to them very much. Like, I love Fanboy. That's so stupid. That's a good name. <laughs> but Bob? I was really hoping and Bob I, would have a name by the end. Well, I, I hope that he would have actually got, gotten to explain it. Yeah. But he never does. That's the one bad thing about this movie. <laughs> that's it. That's it. The rest of this movie, fine. But Seriously, Bob, I was expecting them to explain Bob. In this kind of a movie, you g- are given an explanation. Yes. They give you an explanation. But because this is, they've already got their nicknames, they're established characters, yeah. we weren't there for it, and we're just not going to take not about the time. Bob. It's not about Bob. <laughs> <laughs> That's a different movie. Speaking of, that guy is played by Lewis Pullman, who I did in fact look this up. It is Bill Pullman's son. Yep. And, and, as, and as soon as you said that, and I, look, I looked at him a little closer, yeah. You yeah, can that's see him. it. I can, you see, can it. see it. The same but broad you know, chin. Yeah, it's, it's all in, the, <laughs> the, in the, the, the lower jaw area. Yeah. But with him, I'm glad that a movie like this where you have like this type A bro personality, even with the lady in there, you allowed a fucking nerd to show up in this fucker. And they don't really explain him very much. Like he's this quiet little dude. Yeah, he's just he's, he's just there. In the corner. He's just there in the corner watching everybody throw darts and play pool and drink. And he's just there with his little cup of something. But let me tell you, his presence suggests that is the best pilot in the room. <laughs> well, he's not a pilot though. He's well, he's the wingman. He's okay. the he's the weapons guy. He's the best at it. Yes, because you do not get into this program and called back for this special mission if you are not a fucking boss. Yeah. Like, that nerdy little shit (laughs) is probably the best unknown character in this whole movie. (laughs) I want a sequel. Top Top Gun Gun Bob! (laughs) I'm here for it. Top Gun Bob. Yes, All right, so second point about this. This cast... They did a really good job in diversifying. If you want to say one problem about the original Top Gun, it's a problem that most movies had in that era and some still have, is diversity. And it's maybe just a mark of time, you know, 30 years, the program's going to change. They actually have a woman who has graduated at the top of her class, basically. And she's the only one. There's only one, but one's enough. Yep. And I just... I appreciated that inclusion that they had actually taken the time to make this cast not so just Val Kilmer and and Anthony Edwards and Tom Cruise and a bunch of white dudes. And Meg Ryan. And Meg Ryan. Yep. Who, by the way, they killed off screen. She dead. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Speaking of other actors in in the original movie, I believe they completely photoshopped Tim Robbins, out of all of the other photos that they had taken at the end of the first Top Gun, he is not in any of them. He was not in any of them, no. None. No, and he's very much in the scene. So if you look up those original photos... You can't miss him. He's like nine feet tall. (laughs) You cannot miss him, but you're right. I was looking for him, and he was not to be found. I was looking in the places where he should have been. He was not there. Yep. Yep. Hmm. Suspicious. I don't know. I mean, maybe he just asked for too much money to just show up in a photo. I think it would have just been distracting. He didn't need to be there. Like, you and I are the only nerds who would be looking (laughs) for that. Yeah. He didn't need to be there. 
just leave him out of it. <laughs> and it's more for the effect later. So it's like the picture is in his locker at base. And then at the end of the movie, you get a recreation, but it's him and Rooster. Yeah. So it's like this full circle moment. There's a lot of full circle moments in this yeah. movie. Yeah. You know, when they go on the mission and you expect that Maverick is dead everybody's like the mission's over we did it yeah Get bring out him back to base the mission was successful except for this one thing and rooster refuses and he basically goes rogue and he, he goes maverick goes after maverick yeah and he shoots down the helicopter that's shooting at maverick yep and then he gets shot down himself and you know then we get to see tom cruise blade hands it's my favorite thing <laughs> tom cruise blade hands that was terrible <laughs> it was like a fucking run forest run shut up he's 60 years old let the man blade hands <laughs> so, yeah we have that sequence of them like uh, in anime territory and of course you know what's gonna happen they're gonna run up and steal a goddamn plane of course they are so and of course brewster's gonna be his wingman so of course that's going to happen and maybe that's the whole reason there weren't two people in the plane because we needed these two to come together sure so we just again plot he needed, reasons he needed to trust someone to be his wingman and who else could it be and it they go and are running to the enemy airbase and find oh. an old plane right. and, and, and b before they were even running they were just walking because what do you say betsy when you're not supposed to be somewhere you act like you're supposed to be there don't be suspicious don't be suspicious yeah so <laughs> that was one of the things i wrote down yeah just if you're not supposed to be in a in a place, just act like you are. Grab someone's clipboard and, and just act like you should be there. Well, and where they are has just been bombed. So there's right. chaos and smoke and everybody right. is running. Who's going to notice them? Right. You're not <laughs> going to notice anything and they're not going to expect a plane to be able to take off from there. And of course, the plane that they find is an F-14 Tomcat. Which is exactly the planes that they were flying in the first movie. And he's trying to walk Rooster through it. He's like, oh, it's been a long time. Let me see. Uh, well, there's so many buttons back here. So many you know, things to touch. He's like, I don't know. That was your dad's thing. Right. Like, he never bothered to look. Because well, he didn't need to. He didn't need to. Yeah. And he just <laughs> couldn't find the on switch for like the radar and everything else. Yeah. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, my God. It's so old. Right. Yeah. It's like, that you know got what? a little bit too much. But <laughs> they're making fun of the older audience and yeah. it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's it's like them getting into the Millennium Falcon and talking about how that thing is a piece of shit. That's right, Trent, because you said this is the Force Awakens. Yeah. We need to steal the ship that everybody knows and loves. <laughs> yeah. Let's go get in that piece of junk over there. Yep. Oh, that one. That's the one. Cue the music. Yep. And speaking of music, they literally start this movie, like you said, with Danger Zone. Yep. But before that, you get that kind of 80s synth, like, doom, doom, bop, bop. Yeah. <laughs> like, they even, that shit. They had the same font yep. that they had in the original the movie. title for card. For all of the credits, the title card. All that stuff. The but, intro, like in 1969, an academy was formed. Like, sure. it's the same, it's the same fucking text. thing. Yeah. <laughs> but before all of that... Before we even get into the movie, we get a special message. Oh God, from I forgot to Tom mention Cruise that. Tom Cruise himself talking to me. I didn't need Tom Cruise to talk to me. <laughs> what the fuck was that? He really wanted you to know how much he appreciates you coming to his movie. In the theater. In the theater. Yeah, if you see this in the theater, you get a special message directly to you. Not not just anybody. To, to you. you. The viewer saying, thank you. We've made this movie for, for you. you. <laughs> and yet that was just kind of creepy. I didn't like that. It sets a weird tone when you're yeah. like, I just want to watch the movie, Tom Cruise. <laughs> it's like, you don't need to be here with me, buddy. You are troublesome at the very best. <laughs> Shit. I just oh. appreciate your movies because at least your crazy isn't hurting I'm me. I'm <laughs> entertained as hell through your movies. I don't need to know how crazy you really are in real life. Please don't look into the camera and address me God. individually. Am I being activated here? God. Oh, yeah. That was a weird start. Oh, what else was there? Uh, there's also a Lady Gaga song in this movie. Yeah, I knew about that. I knew that too, but they kept that shit under wraps for a long time because this movie got 
perpetually delayed. Yeah. This was going to come out in 2021, I think. They had already released a trailer before the, like a teaser before the pandemic shut this all down. Yeah. The movie was basically done. Yeah. It sat on a shelf for two full years and I didn't know anything about Lady Gaga having a song until um, a week before the thing opened. Hmm. I don't remember that. That's when I found out about it. You pay attention to a lot more stuff than I do. In the very least, I follow Lady Gaga. (laughs) Sure. I don't know. It worked. I liked it. She's no Kenny Loggins, but whatever. (laughs) (laughs) But who is? Who is? Well, Kenny Loggins for one. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, there are some other things we need to address here before we get out of here. Uh, The main thing we haven't really talked about all that much is Iceman. Val Kilmer. Right, he is in this movie. He is absolutely in this movie, and I am overwhelmed with joy that he was able to do what he was able to do. He hasn't made a movie in years because yes. his his health has prevented him from doing so. And I said in the intro that you know I really hope that there's a there, there's got to be a Val Kilmer you know tribute of some kind. It, I think it was better than that because they really humanized it. In a way that, you know what? This is probably the last thing Val Kilmer will ever be on screen for. Probably. Besides that documentary that we talked about. Well, and he, I think, even said something like, this is the kind of thing I want to be involved in. Like, yeah. he said, I I want a part of it. Right. This so, was such a big deal in his career early on. Right. And how he is portrayed in the, in the movie here, he is texting. Texting is not something that I expected to see in a Top Gun movie. No, because you you take for granted, we're 30 years in the future. <laughs> right. And Tom Cruise is texting with Val Kilmer, and you just think, okay, well, that's, I, at least I thought, that, that's kind of odd. Why aren't they talking on the phone? Why wouldn't they be doing other things? Meeting if, in, if, in an office. If he is going to be in the movie at all, why is it this way? They keep referring to it. Oh, that's why. They basically wrote in his illness as part of it. As canon in the movie, yeah. Yes, so, so his wife is the first one to show up and basically tells Maverick, it's back, nobody knows. Yeah. But I wanted you to know. Yeah. And so they have this really nice scene with the two of them where Maverick, the last thing he wants to do is talk about what's going on at Top Gun, but all Ice wants to do is talk about work because it's, it's better than talking about his his current life. Right. And, you know, you, you got him going in there and, and, and meeting up with uh, his wife and, you know, that that whole thing, because obviously they have some kind of history there. They've you known have, each other a long time. You have all the, the photos of the family members up at the uh, up in the front of the house. And he finally goes up there and, and and she even says before he goes up there, it's really hard for him to talk. It hurts for it him to talk. It hurts for him to talk. So he's going to use his apparatus. He is able to type out messages so that he doesn't have to speak. Yep. He just types it on a screen. And there is a conversation that there is a back and forth conversation here. Like you said, is all about work. <laughs> Quote unquote. <laughs> so Maverick is there just kind of, you know, bearing his soul and having a pity party for himself because he's, he, he just can't do it. He can't do it. And they're not ready. They're not ready. And this is all I am. And what am I going to tell these kids? And Rooster is never going to forgive me because we had, we've had a couple of rev- revelations about Rooster. Um, Maverick actually pulled his application to the Naval Academy back when he applied the first time. And that's why he resents him. We that's thought why it's resents because, him. oh, with his dad and right. that whole thing. No, it has nothing to do with that. It's because he basically screwed him out of yeah. four years of his career. Yeah, and his mother, the Meg Ryan character, had him promise to keep him out of the sky. Yep, she didn't want him flying. She did not want him flying. And that was her dying wish. Because, again, Meg Ryan died. Yeah, off screen. <laughs> off screen. We, we, we don't know when. We don't know why or when or how. Nope. Doesn't matter in this case, but he's blaming himself for all this stuff. He continues to blame himself for Goose, and Val Kilmer just types on the screen, you have to let go. And he keeps on arguing with himself and going back and forth. You just go back to the screen. It's a you one-sided conversation. He just keeps looking at his screen. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to me, man. You gotta let go. No, and then he finishes the scene where he actually stands up and he speaks to he him. He does speak to him. He, he says, the Navy needs Maverick. The kid 
needs Maverick. Yeah. Wow, did that get to me. This was an emotional scene. It very much was. If you are at all nostalgic about the original Top Gun, this is the scene that is necessary to hurt every feeling that you've ever had. And you, you've, it, it, it is the tribute to Val Kilmer. And the original movie and the character, and it just shows you in that yeah. little scene like how these two have grown up. These yeah. two were hotheads, young yeah. and stupid. Mm-hmm. And like even at the end, he's like, before you leave, tell me who the better pilot between us is. <laughs> he's like, this Don't was, ruin a good moment, man. This was man. a really nice moment, and you're just ruining it. <laughs> oh. But yeah, it was a really nice scene, and I'm glad he was able to do it. Yes. And then, of course, later in the movie, Iceman dies. Yeah. And they have a funeral scene, and they yeah. they say goodbye to this character. Yeah. And it's just, it was well done. It was. It was done with done. such respect and, and reverence love. for the man. Yes. And what he has represented, and of course, I'm sure these two guys have remained friends throughout yeah. their other their their actual lives. And we're very lucky that Val Kilmer is still with us. He's not yes. dead, guys. We're, yes. We might yes. be speaking of him in this way, but it's because this is the last thing he's probably ever going to make in his life. Yes. He hadn't made a movie in many, many years. Yeah. And he came out of basically retirement because yeah. his health is really bad <laughs> and to I'm do sure, this movie. And I'm sure that if at all he was going to be able, physically able to do what was required of him for this role, he was absolutely going to do his damnedest to do it. Right. I almost wonder if they did this in his house. Like This is just like a really nice big house. Yeah. They could have just come to his office yeah. and just come to him. Totally. And filmed it in a day. Yeah. Man. We've only actually watched a few Val Kilmer movies so far. So we, we did Heat, yeah, which was fantastic. We did the first Top Gun. We did this one. I think that's it. I think that's it. So far. We will absolutely watch some more oh, Val Kilmer movies. I know a Val Kilmer movie that will shock you guys to find out that someone at this table hasn't seen. I think it's the Batman movie. Shut up, Trent. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we will get, you will have your turn, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've not seen that one, Betsy. You've. Uh... I also haven't seen the George Clooney Batman. Mm-hmm. Okay, I take that back. I have seen most of that. I've seen most. God. Anyway, that's a whole other <laughs> podcast. I don't want to get into that. But suffice it to say, I was just overjoyed that they were able to get the scenes with Val Kilmer. That was so great. It was really awesome. And I'm glad he was included in this at all because not a lot of people were. Not you, a lot of the original And people. you know what? They could have done what they did with Meg Ryan's character. They could have killed him off screen, just had like the shrine up at yep. Top Gun with his picture up there. I was there. a little concerned that that's what we were going to get because the yeah. first time we see him on screen, it's and his if, portrait. Yeah, and if you didn't know any better, I would that would have been it. dead, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. they were like panning down. I was like, what's at the bottom? Don't say dates. No, no. Don't start this movie like this. No, I can't, no. I'm not ready for that. No. I'm not ready. Yeah, there's been other movies that have had long delayed sequels and they just have a line where they're like, oh yeah, so-and-so's dead. And they just sure. like say it and make you shut up as the audience. Like it, you're treated, you're kind of mistreated when that happens, like a throwaway line of dialogue. Like we're going to explain their absence by telling you to suck it. <laughs> like, <laughs> like yeah. well, they're dead, so they can't show up. Yeah, and it's it's lazy writing. It really is. But, you like know, sometimes there are... it's better to not say it at all. Just don't address it. Leave me questioning. Right. And, like, we've even covered movies on this podcast where they just recast people and they don't address it. I hate when that happens. Yeah. I'm going to be honest. There's certain times where I appreciate going back to Batman, like, the difference between Batman Begins and The Dark Knight. Maggie Gyllenhaal, vastly superior. But it will always bother me. Yeah. That she is a different actress. Mm-hmm. It just is fact. I don't like when that happens. Yeah. Now, in Marvel, with Iron Man, they did it between Iron Man and Iron Man 2. Right. But then Don Cheadle's been doing it for so long in you so forget. many movies, you forget. Yeah. So there's exceptions to that rule. And it also is dependent upon how important the role is. Like, we watched all the Twilight movies. Remember that? We sure did, Trent. They recast one of the villains. 
in that oh, movie. Oh, God, yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's to, it's to varying effects, and, you know, sometimes I let it bother me, and most other times I don't. Do you know the worst one, the worst offender about this, oh, since no. we're on this topic? Oh, no. There is a mummy movie you have not watched. No. And we're not gonna, because it's just... No. Rachel Weiss got recast. Yeah, I did. In the third mummy movie. Yeah. And they literally introduce the character. It's Maria Bello. And she has a line that says, You might say I'm a completely different person. And I wanted to throw things at the screen. (laughs) And yes, I saw it in the theater. And yes, it's a terrible movie. Did I still enjoy it? parts of it i have a lot of questions like if we ever watch that movie for this podcast i will have more things to say about it than you <laughs> as someone who's never watched it. yes so <laughs> uh there's one other thing that i always bring to mind whenever we talk about recasting uh we've brought this show up on this podcast before crazy ex-girlfriend yes. recast one of the main dudes like the love interests uh-huh. between seasons because the main guy that they recast actually went off to broadway and started his broadway career well it was had, pretty successful in doing started, other things but he had a starring role that he was sure. developing fine and he anyway. wanted tony so it worked anyway. out anyway anyway they recast him. They brought his character back on the show. And because it's a comedy and there's music in it, they made a song kind of pointing out the fact that uh, this guy is not the same guy, but we're just going to let it go. They did a whole number about it. Yeah. It's like, we're not going to address it. I know he's a different character. Just suck it up. It's only, it's our last season. Don't worry about it's, it. Except they did address it in that they're like, yeah, look, here it is. Right. They pointed, it's very much fourth wall breaking. Absolutely. In the best way. Yes. It's, and if they're going to do that, just embrace just it. Embrace it. Shine a light on it. Whatever. Anyway, enough about that. Uh, I had one more thing I wanted to mention. It's very, very small, and it's also related to the Star Wars thing. I, I will not let this go. <laughs> uh, when they're doing the t- the uh, trench run training sequence, I think, where they have to paint the target with their laser and shoot the shoot the missile into it, then they have to shoot another missile into it after that. As there, I well, maybe it was actually during the attack. I I, I can't I don't remember where it happened. But the plane that is like painting the target to shoot the first missile in actually says the line, stay on target. That was in the actual sequence when they're on the mission. I the caught that mission? too. Yeah. Okay. I was like, stay on target. Stay on target. Stay on target. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, <laughs> that was really good. Uh, but yes, that's, that's all I had to say. Betsy, what else do you have? I have one final thought, and I'm going to leave you with this, and I'm going to leave the listeners with this. Oh, God. Given the state of things, and given the success of this movie, I am prepared to make a bold prediction. Oh, no. I think this is going to get a Best Picture nomination. I did have that thought. Even before we started uh, actually watching the movie, I had that thought. While we were watching the trailer for the new Black Panther movie. Oh yeah, because that was before the film. And Black Panther was nominated for Best Picture when that when that movie came out. Right. As they have developed the category, it can be up to ten movies. Yeah. They did this basically as a way to get more of those crowd pleasers in there. And yeah. Black it's not to demean the movies. These are great movies. Black Panther like was to fantastic. call to call it like like oh it's like a pity vote. No, that's no, not what I'm saying that. here. What I'm saying is by broadening the category, if this was your favorite movie of the year, it has yeah. a much better shot to get in than it probably would have many years ago when it's just these artsy fartsy like yeah. you know movies that are hard to get and the they're Oscar in bait. The Oscar bait. You're still going to get that but you're getting some of these things sprinkled in. Yeah. And I just left this movie, like I was just watching it and I'm smiling and I'm exhilarated and it's the highest grossing movie of all time, just about. And it's early. It's very early. Yeah. But I would say there is a very good chance. Yeah. It's at least going to be talked about. It's in the same vein as 
a the the Mad Max Fury Road. Yeah, that one also got nominated it was a for big best crowd picture. Pleaser. It was a huge crowd pleaser and was like very very highly rated. Yep, a big budget thing. Is it gonna get nominated for a lot of other things? Probably like sound and editing oh, and the sound. technical awards. Oh, absolutely. But it's folks. It's never too early to start talking about <laughs> the Academy Awards. Yeah. Here on Never Seen It. And yeah, I just kind of left that movie thinking, I think it's got a good shot. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> I think you're right. In a in a year, now, again, we haven't, oh, we, we talked a little bit uh, about this in our last episode where, you know, we, we looked at like a, a list of 50 movies that were kind of in consideration, conversation is happening. There was even a couple that we had previews of uh, before the movie even started. That Olivia Wilde movie was uh, was one of them. Oh yeah, that one that's coming out in a couple weeks. That don't one worry, is, darling. Don't worry, darling. Yeah, it's one of these movies that is being talked about. Buzz. It's all about the buzz. Trent. Exactly. So, you know, I gotta think. I gotta think that if they're really trying to number one get more people involved in the Oscars, they should definitely nominate this one. They will be shoving this forward for consideration. Yeah. Fucking Coda won last year. And that was, like, very inoffensive. And I think that's what did it. That's what did it. It was very inoffensive. We have controversial opinions about last year's Best Picture winner. It... Again, if you haven't listened to not all a, those, not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. We didn't dislike the movie. We just like other movies better. We don't think that it deserved a nomination, much less a win. I can deal with a nomination because that... I guess this... Category has gotten very Fine. broad. Yeah, you're right. Anyway, I don't want to talk about Oscars. That's going to be in another, like, six months. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe we'll be talking about this movie again in six months. I hope so. Because then it's one more off our list we don't have to do. And it's done! Whee! <laughs> it's done. Oh, anyway. Betsy, let's get out of here. But uh, before we go, we have an email to read from our superfan, Stephanie, about Coco. Uh, she says, So good! I absolutely love this one. My daughter loves the movie and we watch it every once in a while. I make this a part of my Halloween movie series that I do on my own. Cute. (laughs) Yeah. Emperor's New Groove is great. Everyone should go watch it. Yeah. We were in the middle of rewatching Emperor's New Groove when we watched Coco. (laughs) And of course we had to mention it. uh, If for no other reason other than number one, it is a really great movie. And number two, it's like 80 minutes long. Yeah. Just, just buzz You've right got 80 it. minutes to spare just, for the Emperor's New Groove. Just buzz right I through it. It's you. great. Uh, all the characters are so wonderful and I love them. I cry so much that I cried in the car just listening to you talk about it. Oh, no. <laughs> We're making her weep in traffic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I thought he got... Oh, wait. Okay, this is addressing something else. I thought he got sucked into the land of the dead because he, quote took from the dead instead of giving to the dead and that triggered a curse that would make sense yeah and we didn't get that until we we read this email so they didn't really they don't say it with words in the movies but it makes sense it makes sense though because in the context of the movie you are supposed to be offering giving offerings to the dead and if you're taking something from the dead then you're just fucked Anyway. Makes sense to me. Anyway, uh, she she says, either way, quote, magic is a good explanation. Because <laughs> that's what I said. It's, yeah. it's, it's magic. magic. Disney magic. <laughs> uh, today I took my daughter to visit my grandmother, and this movie just makes me feel so grateful to still have her here to play with and still and tell stories to my daughter. Absolutely. Yeah, that's really great. I'm I'm, I'm jealous of the fact that so many people my age still have grandparents to go and visit but at the same time i got betsy's grand grandmas yeah they they've adopted you as their own (laughs) they very much have (laughs) uh she says always be kind to strays yeah there have been several rescues in town having adoption events at random places and it's been very hard to say no Especially with, with with my daughter with me, sometimes I put my husband on the phone with her so that she, so that he can tell her no. <laughs> That's a good way to get out of it. Uh, but our dogs are getting older, and we want to give them as much attention as we can while we still have them in the land of the living. Aww. Oh, puppies. Sweet babies. Yeah. Uh, the last few days, I have watched The Lost City, which is a whole lot of fun, and Look Both Ways which is less fun, but I still liked it. 
Love you guys from Superfan Stephanie. Uh, I don't know any of those movies, but I do like the name Look Both Ways. I do like the name of that movie. I've never heard of it. <laughs> I, I can't explain to you why. I just think it's a really good name for something. I like movies with titles like that because yeah. they capture your attention. Yeah, I know that reference. That reference is something else. Mm-hmm. What are you doing to uh, apply it to this piece of fiction? Or, or like there's a movie called Safety Not Guaranteed. Right. Like that, it's just like, what is this? Like, yeah. It makes you stop and go, huh? Yeah, and, and that could be about anything. <laughs> it could be anything. That's what makes it so interesting. Indeed. Look both ways. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. Yeah. I You didn't watch this, but I did watch The Lost City not that long ago. Okay. It's fine. It's like cute. It's fun. It's what you'd expect that kind of movie to be. Was it amazing? No, it was not amazing. But is it worth an hour and a half or whatever it was if you got nothing better to do? Yeah, sure. But in my what opinion. What is it about? It, well, it's a, uh, a novelist, a romance novelist. Mm. Who has a Sounds former right up my alley. a former career in like archaeology history or something? You speak in my language. And she <laughs> writes this book about a treasure that is hidden in a lost city, hmm. and they an eccentric billionaire kidnaps her to find the lost city. Okay. But for my money, if you're going to watch a movie about a romance novelist who finds herself in a real life adventure, go back to the 80s, watch Romancing the Stone. It stars the man that we have talked about many times who everybody wanted to fuck in the 80s, Michael Douglas. (laughs) All right. All right. Good advice from Betsy. And the novelist is played by Kathleen Turner, husky voiced woman of the. Okay, of the now 80s. you got my attention, really. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you, Stephanie, for the email. Thank if, you. If you would like to be like Stephanie and make us laugh, uh, email us at neverseenitpod at gmail.com. You can find our Twitter page at neverseenit underscore pod. We've also got a Facebook page and an Instagram page. Both things, it's made by the same company. It's really weird. They bought Instagram a long time ago. Amazing. Even Facebook isn't isn't what they were before. They're meta. And I don't like talking about it too much. Anyway, go there. (laughs) Never seen it. Pod one. Follow us on there. And Betsy posts a whole bunch of stuff on there. Use those posts if you would to spread the good word about Never Seen It. If you see an episode that you like, Especially this one that all your friends and family. I know we're the last absolutely people who have seen this it. fucking movie. <laughs> Send it to them and force them to listen to our podcast. <laughs> you can also support the show by clicking the link in the podcast description to throw us a dollar on Anchor. We would very much appreciate you doing that. But that is the end of this episode. We finally watched this movie, Betsy. We've made it. Top Gun Maverick is in the books. Movie of the summer when it's almost fall. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is now the end of summer. It is is now September. Good God. It's here. Good God, Betsy. It's coming. Do you feel it? That crisp chill in the air? The smell of burning leaves? (laughs) (laughs) I gotta get my... The pumpkin spice I I gotta get my, my bomber jacket out of the closet. It's coming. Anyway, that is the real end of the podcast. We want to thank you for listening to the show. Come back next episode for a brand new series. Yay! We've never done it before. It's a really cool cool idea. I hope you like it. But until then, my name is Trent. My name is Betsy. And we will catch you next time.